thank you for this time that we can have together. You have said that the truth makes us free. The scriptures cannot be broken. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that in, in blessing we will be blessed and that our own diseased minds are healed as we reach out and bless others. And I just thank you for that process, Father, that breaks up the selfishness of our own hearts. And I pray that you would touch us today through your Holy Spirit as we each share, not only from our heads, but from our hearts and our experience. We thank you for each one here. You have a special purpose and plan and power for everyone in this room. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when I first became a Christian, when I first gave my heart to God, I really thought that um, that the troubles were over. I was going to get, it was kind of like a bubble gum type of deal. You give God everything and he's going to make everything easy for you, keep you safe at all times, and you're not going to have any more problems, right? Um, what do they call that? Name it and claim it. My husband used to call it ask it and grasp it. But actually the truth is, is that the, the, the fruit of character, the fruit of victory grows under adversity and trial. It really does. And, and so it's a hard lesson for us to learn. It's, it's because Christ is omnipotent. He's powerful. He's the creator. And here's what I know. I know that heaven and hell are involved in the same circumstances to bring about different results. And I want to be with the one that wants the good results. I also know that he allows things that he hates to bring about things that he loves. What happened to Jesus was hateful. Some of the things that have happened in your life are hateful, and they're yes. wrong, and they weren't even your fault. And the Bible says, we're, on top of that, we're ignorantly alienated from the life of God. We're not even attracted to him. And yet God's love calls us. God's love poured into us attracts us to him. So we are drawn to him because of his love and because of our need. That's the bottom line. We don't just automatically love God. It's his grace in us that creates that love. And he has a peace plan. Uh, in John chapter 16, I was sitting out just absorbing a little sunshine and it just enjoying just soaking in. And when I read the scriptures, I ask God to just soak it into my DNA. And Jesus was talking very frankly to the disciples and he was telling them that trouble was coming. And in fact, he said, I pray not that you be taken out of the world, but that you be kept from evil. Whoa, I, you know, I would like that to be prayed a little differently, but that was Jesus' prayer. And so it's, he says here to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 32, he said, the hour is coming. Yes, it has come. You'll be scattered to each his own. You will leave me alone. So in other words, you're going to fail. <laughs> you're going to make a big mess of things. You don't understand what's happening. I've tried to teach you. You don't get it. Now experience is going to be your teacher. And he says, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. So even in the face of rejection and abandonment and being misunderstood, his concern was still for his disciples. Isn't that just an amazing thing? Don't you want that kind of heart uh, for God? These things I have spoken to you that in me you might have what? Peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, I'm sure, what, I want to know what this peace is and what the parts are. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. God's peace plan. Is that fair enough? Does that sound like a topic that would be of interest to you today? 
I think that, there, that every human being, I hope I'm not the only one, but all of us probably at one time or another have had the thought process, if only X, Y, Z, then I would be happy. If only I had the right boss, the best companion, if only my kids were X, Y, Z, if only I was in this financial situation, then everything, then I would be happy. Have you ever had that? Years and years ago, I worked with a guy that was super unfriendly, used to hurt my feelings. He'd see me coming, and he'd go, he didn't even try to hide, what? He'd do like that. I'd go to my office, I'm sensitive, I'd cry, and one day I, I talked to God about it. I said, you know, if you, Lord, if you would get this man out of my life, I could get on with my Christian growth. That's what my prayer was. Well, the Lord, the Lord had to change me so that I could depend on his strength. Another time I remember thinking, you know, if I found a lottery ticket in the parking lot, that wouldn't be gambling. And I would give half to the church, and then, then I'd get carpet, and, you know, that would be good. But the truth is that people who win lottery tickets... If you Google what actually happens to people that win lottery tickets, within four years they lose most of their money, murder, suicide rates go up, drug abuse, alcoholism, in the whole family. One person said, my family, the people that I love have become vampires. One maid who had two jobs just to keep body and soul together said I'd give anything to have never discovered, to have never won the lottery and to have those two maid jobs back. Yeah. So the Bible says don't trust in uncertain riches. So today we want to look at God's peace plan. And if somebody could get the light, push the panic button over there. Thank you, Ev. We're going to take a look at God's peace plan. And I believe it has four pieces. I believe that there are Christians who really love God, who don't have peace because they don't understand the parts of his plan. And that's what we want to look at today in the time that I have remaining. First of all, we have seen through some of our presentations, if you, especially if you're going to the morning meetings, that we don't have a separate higher entity called a soul. You are a soul. And your brain and body are the hardware of your soul. In fact, I'm going to read uh, something from the from, from Hebrew scholars about the soul. It says... The Old Testament view of man is very different than the Protestant belief of the soul that is separate from the body, that goes somewhere at death. There are only two kinds of souls. There's a living soul and a, yes. a dead soul. And we don't separate out into parts. So in the Old Testament view, soul speaks of needy man. Flesh is man in his infirmity. Spirit points to man as he is empowered. Heart signifies reasonable man. The God relationship is not merely the life of the highest part of man. The whole man, from top to bottom, exists only by relation to God. Does that give new meaning to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his? Mm -hmm. They're inseparable. And so God has given us a lifestyle that actually promotes peace. We've talked about the nutrients in, this food, in the foods, the healthy foods, and the exercise, and sleep, and rest, and the effect that it has on brain-body systems, mood, memory, learning, and behavior. So we can pray all day long for deliverance from anxiety and depression, but if I sit down claiming all the promises and asking for the power of God, but I'm eating ding-dongs and watching Desperate Housewives, well, I'm just not going to get much traction. So not only do I need God's power and I need his plan, I all, his promises, I also need a plan. 
We need the plan of God because he acts within body systems to bring about his will. And that's how we get back everything that sin has broken and taken away from us. He's given us attitudes to, pra to practice. They say practice makes perfect. It also makes permanent. Attitudes to practice that produce peace. They're called peptides. I had to do this for a scientific session one time, and I just called it peptides of peace. I didn't have to change my slides. I just changed the name of the thing. Spiritual principles that secure peace. Amen? We're going to look at that. And faith that preserves peace. I do not believe that you can leave one of these items out and still have the kind of peace that God wants to give us in a turbulent world where we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We're perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus that his life can be made manifest in us. How many of you want his peace plan all four parts? Amen. Amen. Can't leave any of it out. So number one, lifestyle. I love this. It is not one, but a combination of lifestyle choices that activate and activities that benefit the brain. I remember one time I was doing a meeting on the benefits. Evelyn's going to be talking about dietary fat today in the brain and insulin resistance. And I remember one time I was talking about walnuts and omega-3s and a little handful cuts the risk of a heart attack by 50%. And Evie's going to be talking to you about that today. It's pretty exciting. And uh, the anti-inflammatory effects of healthy fats and the mood elevating effects of omega-3s. And, and the lady came up to me and she said, I've been eating walnuts for three weeks and I'm still in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I didn't know what to say. I just said, well, imagine how nasty you'd be feeling if you weren't eating them. I don't know what. So it's not just one thing. Amen? I mean, a person could be vegetarian and be meaner than a snake. So it's just, you know, I understand that diet affects mood, memory, learning, and behavior. But are there other elements we need to pay attention to to build body, mind, spirit, and character? Many of the fundamental tools for the care and feeding of the brain are everyday matters. I love what Evelyn says. When you make a positive choice today, there's a gift waiting for you tomorrow. You may not feel it. You may not see it in your waistline. But the brain is responding. The body systems are responding to every positive choice that you make. Physical and mental exercise. Proper nutrition and adequate sleep will help anyone gain what? Cognitive clarity and what? I don't think there's anything the enemy fears more than that we become stable. Stable in our lifestyle. Steadfast in our moods. Stability. You know, the flesh is a sparkler. The flesh wants results right now. Comes on with a bang, goes out with a fizzle. But the spirit is an investor. And he wants to invest in you, but you've got to invest in him. <coughs> Number two, attitudes that produce peace. They're actually called peptides. These are informational substances that form a three-way communication system that connects your mind, brain, body, soul, spirit, flesh. All these body systems communicate with one another. And all 50 of the neurochemicals in the brain that are associated with mood and learning and memory all 50 of these chemical messengers of, are also made, stored, and secreted in the mobile cells of the immune system, the cells of the respiratory system, 
and the GI tract. So when we think, I call it attitudinal discipline, when we think and speak according to truth instead of feeling, it, it creates a, a body-wide well-being response. When we treat our bodies well according to the principles that God has given us, these messengers and chemicals of well-being assist in mental and emotional health and spiritual health. Praise God for that. Do you see why in the health message we have an opportunity to, treat, to, to, to actually address this truth of the Bible instead of this concept of a separate spirit? To me, this is the, one of the most important avenues for teaching this truth is through the health message. Uh, and so, uh, very, very important. It's a testing truth because the enemy is going to come as an angel of light. And our relatives will come purportedly as, as deceased relatives. And so it's very important that we keep our eye on the ball here, folks, and understand why we're called to do this. I was reading this afternoon that sacred truth is a gift from God. Yes. Sacred truth. Those are the seeds that break Satan's power in people's lives. So the mind is so powerful that we can set off the stress response just by imagining ourselves in a threatening situation. Have you ever done that? <laughs> Evelyn, I asked her one time, we were having this lovely worship at night. I can't have too much discussion here. I'll, I'm almost done, aren't I? I'm supposed to be finished right now. Okay, never mind. We're going to skip that story. But Evelyn is very cheerful all the time, almost all the time. And she doesn't do this very often. So I've learned a lot from her. So we can literally think ourselves into a frenzy. So if you need help with this, talk to Evelyn, not me. I love this. Actually, I'm, get, I'm, bet, I'm getting better all the time because I am practicing what I know instead of what I feel. Ellen White says that the thoughts and the emotions combined constitute character. And are there any two things that we pay less attention to and control less than our thoughts and our emotions? Whoa. So, courage, hope, faith, sympathy, and love promote health. These are not feelings. These are decisions, folks. They prolong life. A contented mind, a cheerful spirit is health to the body and strength to the soul. It's worshiping God and being thankful because he is good. Your circumstance may not be good, but he is good. And he has a plan. You belong to him. He's given us spiritual principles that secure peace. The Bible says... I mean, sorry, this is from the Journal of Holistic uh, Nursing as well. Spiritual well-being is the center of a healthy lifestyle. When Jesus prayed for Peter, he didn't say, I hope your plan doesn't fail. I hope your finances don't fail. I hope your job doesn't fail. I hope your ministry doesn't fail. Your team doesn't fail. He said, I've prayed for you that your what? That your faith fail not. God alone can fashion the character after the divine similitude. Drawn near to him in earnest prayer. That seed says, it says the seed that the sower planted was, when it was received into the good soil, it means a good heart, that the good heart receives it. Well, the heart, it's not meaning good in terms of merit. It's not talking about good in terms of being better than someone else. In fact, it may be a more sinful heart. The goodness of that heart is the fact that it feels its need and it's open to the teaching and instruction of the Holy Spirit. Do you feel your need today? Yes. Do you feel contrition and re repentance and sorrow for wasted opportunities and ruined life because of decisions that we've made and 
and the selfishness that binds us up. That's a, if, you, if you want something else, God says that's a good heart. That's good soil. It's been broken up by repentance. How many of you want more of that goodness, that kind of goodness? There's no one good, not me, not you. Set aside a portion of each day for the study of the scriptures and communion with God, and you will gain spiritual strength. He will fill your hearts with high and holy purpose and with deep, earnest longings for purity and clearness of thought. He's the only one that can implant a new motive within the heart. And finally, he's given us faith that preserves peace. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things that we don't see and are not going to get. Sadness looks back. Worry looks around. But faith does what? It looks up. Faith says, he'll always answer this prayer. Somebody may die, you may lose your property, a kid may apostatize, we don't know what's going to happen. All kinds of things happen, but here's a prayer that will always be answered. Faith says either make the problem smaller so that I can go home and enjoy a bubble bath, you solve my problem, or what? Me bigger. Now, as we approach the end of time and we need strength and faith, which option do you think is going to happen more often, folks? Option one or option two? Two. Option two. Are you in? Are you all in for God? Because there's joy in serving him. So how does trust in God affect your outlook? This is uh, Hulda Crooks, a Canadian lady. When you have faith in a supreme power that you believe is love and kindness and justice and has a care for you, you develop a habit of trusting. Whatever comes to you in life, you develop character, learn patience, and develop a spirit of gratitude. I want so much more of that. Here's the last slide. What is your perspective on the trials of life? In everyone's experience, inescapable tests and trials seem impenetrable to human understanding and reason. But wait. When time as we know it shall give place to eternity, we shall see beyond the darkness of our brief earthly journey. With minds illuminated beyond what we can understand now, we will praise the Lord for carrying us through the darkness into the glory beyond. The Lord has hope and a plan for you and I today. His plan is a peace plan. He's given us lifestyle principles that promote peace at the physical and mental and emotional and spiritual level. He's given us attitudes to practice that promote peace. They're called peptides. And he's given us... uh, um, spiritual principles that secure peace. It's called full surrender. And then he's given us faith that preserves peace. How many of you want all four parts of God's peace plan? Amen. Then we don't make an idol out of any one thing, including the health message. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for your, these moments today. And now I'm going to call Evelyn up. Well, one of, the, one of the greatest stressors in the American diet, what do you think it is? We talked about sugar the other day, and that's a big stressor. Oh, a quiz, quiz, quiz. How many grams of sugar in a teaspoon? Four. How many grams of fiber are we looking for for the day? 30 to 50. How much is in a can of beans, uh, a cup of beans? 10 to 15. 10 to 15. Oh, y'all are good students. All right. So the major stressor, is, if it's not sugar, what would it be? Fats. Yes. Saturated fats. 
are probably one of the greatest stressors for the body, the brain, and the, the cortisol that heightens stress, the stress response. So I'm going to show you how much fat are in a few foods. Yesterday I told you that in our Living Free program we have all of these demos that I'm doing. We also have it in the Foods for Thought. Nutrition's linked to mood, memory, learning, and behavior. Uh, it's a four-session program. This is an eight-ounce piece of meat that you don't eat, right? But your neighbors do, and they need to know this, okay? 60 grams of fat, about the size of my hand, about the thickness of my hand. It has about 60 grams of fat. One tablespoon, this will be your test tomorrow. One tablespoon of fat has, does anybody know? 15 grams of fat. So two tablespoons would have 30, and three tablespoons would be 45, and four tablespoons would be 60. So one serving, or one piece of, do you know anybody that eats a couple of these at a meal with a baked potato smothered with fat, and then a salad smothered with fat? Yeah, so we'd have to just keep on going, wouldn't we? That's also the amount of fat that's in a burger and fries. 60 grams of fat. That's also how much fat is in six handfuls of Fritos. Six handfuls. So when you do your haystacks, one handful, okay? Four pieces of cheese pizza is 60 grams of fat. So that's some major sources of fat. We have fat for breakfast, fat for lunch, and fat for supper. And then we have these circulating um, fats in the body that start to cause damage. What do these fats, what are they doing to us? What are these saturated fats doing? Clogging the arteries. It increases inflammation, which increases the atherosclerotic uh, process. What else is it doing? Messes up your liver. Yes, fatty liver is a result of this. It looks almost like an alcoholic liver um, uh, with high intakes of fats and sugars. What else is going on? Increase, because of the inflammation, it could increase risk of certain types of cancer. Yes? What's going on in the brain? What, what percent of the brain is fat? 60% of the brain is fat. Where in the world is it? It doesn't seem like that there would be that much fat in the brain, right? But all of those neurons, all of those nerve cells, are covered with a layer of, um, of fat, uh, a lot of fat. Do you know what it's called? That layer over the neurons? The myelin sheet. And that is composed of a lot of fat. And the type of fat we eat will be reflected there. Also, those neurotransmitters that Vicki was talking about, over 53 different neurotransmitters we have in our brain are, um, are reflected uh, in the types of fats that we eat. So um, the, the cells in the body have a layer of fat. The cell membrane has a layer of fat. And the types of fat we eat will affect the flexibility of the cell. It also affects the permeability. Stuff can get in and stuff can get out. The types of fats we eat will determine that. And the resiliency of the cell. Is it strong? Can it resist disease uh, and infection? And so the types of fat we eat make all the difference in our health, in our mental health, and in our physical health. 
They also affect those appetite hormones that we talked about yesterday. That leptin and ghrelin that tell us when we're hungry and when we're full, the saturated fats will throw those off. So we, we live in a society that is promoting those fats. And the types of fats we eat will affect the types of fats that we wear. And it's so easy to convert this, these types of fats into the fat that, that there's not a lot of change that has to happen in order to turn it into body fat. So reducing body fat, improving mental health, improving resiliency, and dealing with stress better is so important in the types of fats that we choose. But we also get a fat tooth. You've heard of sugar tooth? You get into this the desire to want to eat more fats. And yesterday we talked about the microbiome, feeding those gut, gut bacteria. And the more that we feed the sugar and fat, the more of that microbiome, uh, microbiota that is produced in the stomach that says, I want more fat, I want more fat, help me grow, help me grow. And so making that decided effort to go toward a healthier diet, to eat the foods like God made, will produce more of those good bacteria that will uh, increase our metabolism and in improve immune function, improve brain health. Um, so what are the good fats that we want to eat? You know them. Avocados would be one of the best, olives, and nuts and seeds. And Vicki just mentioned that one ounce of nuts, which is about a handful like this, one ounce of nuts, uh, Loma Linda was the first to discover, and others have since, that it can cut the risk of heart disease by 50%. Eat a handful of these five times a week, it cuts the risk of heart disease by 50%. Don't you think that's a pretty powerful thing for a handful of nuts? My, my, my. They are loaded with trace minerals and essential fatty acids and um, magnesium and uh, B vitamins. Are, they're just loaded with great things. And they, they come in a shell, though, for a reason. You don't just, you know, eat a ton of them. Uh, but uh, having a serving every day of either nuts or seeds. Now, there are some called the omega-3 fats, right? And that is especially important for brain health. Uh, for those neurotransmitters, the dopamine and serotonin. Uh, so walnuts would be one omega-3 fat. What's another one? Flax. 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 Chia. 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 Hemp, seeds. Hemp seeds. And what else am I? What are, soy. soy products. Those are high in omega-3s as well. So you have to pay attention and start, and you have to look for the omega-3s because they're not uh, just randomly. You kind of have to go after them and, and look for them. But making those choices, having those walnuts on your breakfast in the morning, maybe putting a few walnuts on your salad or, or having some olives or a little olive oil or something on your salad at lunch. And my favorite dressing is olive oil and lemon juice with a little bit of something salty. Uh, makes a really nice dressing. And trying to stay away from those foods that are super high in fat. Any questions or comments on fats? Coconut oil, um, if you have it as the whole coconut, that is the optimal way. And there wasn't any heart disease on those islands when people were eating coconuts all the time. But when we start extracting, uh, then we get concentrated fats, don't we? So we need to use them very sparingly. So eating coconut as a whole food is, is great. I mean, it's a, it's a plant food. But when you're getting into the coconut, you still don't want to pile it on. Uh, but using it in moderation is probably fine. 
Okay, next, and, and the thing that we do in all of our programs is have a time for people to have a discussion, to get to know each other. That's a very important thing in all of the programs that we do. So right now, the same question that we've been doing the last couple of days is what is something new that you learned today? As Vicki was talking, uh, maybe you were impressed with something. What is it that you want to remember? What do you want to leave here with? And as you say it and talk to each other about it, it helps to cement it into your brain. How will you apply the information that you have just learned? Uh, how will you apply that in your life? So I'll give you a few short minutes to discuss that while uh, Jerry and I change uh, mics. So talk to your neighbor about such things. Okay, we welcome Jerry Shield. He's our, uh, has everybody been here the last couple of days? He's from Canada um, and uh, he's got some amazing stories of doing ministry that we wanted him to share with you. So thank you for being here, Jerry. You're welcome. If we can have that, what was that button? What'd you call panic. it? Panic. Well, I'm not panic, but. Well, panic button. I'm not panic. I'm just going to take my time. <laughs> uh, we just pray for the Lord's blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, we're just going to share about how uh, yesterday was more how the program was in the home. Uh, today is more about how we got it involved in the community. Uh, then tomorrow, I'll be sharing about how in uh, 2013, we had a big flood in our area in Alberta, and my house is wiped out, and all I got out was a few possessions. But how turning everything over to God, how that home was rebuilt, and now it's a home of, as Vicki calls, a Vic, uh, home of hope. And there's ministry in the home. We have fellowship Friday nights. Every Friday night, there's a, a, a potluck and Bible study. Every third Sabbath, because there isn't a church in our area, we have a, a home church, and there's community. There's programs that go on through the week. Youth Justice Committee comes in, so I volunteer with the Youth Justice Committee. So we have a lot, a lot of different meetings in that home. And for a whole year, I didn't know what was going to happen. So, but tomorrow I'm going to show that and also a little bit of what goes on the home. Then on Friday, it's going to be all about the uh, home groups, what is going on in the, in, the, in the home with the Balanced Living Program, Living Free Program, and so on and forth. So anyway, when I was putting on the uh, program, when I, actually when I was in Florida in uh, 2012, I said to Vicki after we're taking some training, I said, who's doing this in Canada? I remember, Vicki, you go, you are. <laughs> and that's how it started in Canada. And uh, so I live in a little town called High River, and I says, okay, might as well get at it. And so we did some prayer, and uh, I talked to the media. So part of the stories I'm sharing is maybe things that can empower you as you're doing any of these programs or whatever you're doing. That's part of the story, not just storytelling. It's, power, it's also about motivation and maybe some of the things I share can actually help you out in what you're doing. So anyway, so actually the cab, you know that cab I was telling you about that Roger would ride around in the back with? They end up driving that cab. This is the brochure that was made up and that would be hand out to clients in the cab. They actually got in trouble, but until they was told to stop, that's what they did, right? Um, so there's different avenues. We, I made those up. And then I organized it to have an article in the newspaper. Then the program was over six nights, but I made it over seven. I did an, an introductory evening, evening so people can just come out. 
before they sign up, they just can come out and see if this is something for them. And I held it in the library. And they said, as long as you don't talk, uh, uh, long as you're not talking down any faith, you can use our facility. And that's what happened. And so I didn't. And um, so in that uh, program, uh, what I like to do is always like to get somebody involved in the community, not just people from church. I like to get the people in the community involved. This young girl, she came, her name is Paige, and I got permission uh, to use this uh, picture. She actually came, I remember when she was a young girl, but her, she got so wound up in, in drugs and dealing in drugs and that her parents had to kidnap her and take her to a youth detention place, not detention, but a place for young adults at, in a rehab, and it's a faith-based program in Calgary. And she went through that program, she graduated from that program, and she actually works at that facility, and she's working on her master's. And she wants to be, a, was working on education that's gonna be a social worker. Now, so I asked her if she would come, and she came and she gave part of her story. And for coming and giving her part of the story, I gave her the Living Free book and the, uh, the DVD. And it was just a blessing to have her. During the program, uh, what happened is, is there was only a couple people. It was about five minutes to start. I'm going, Lord, you know, what's going to happen here? So what I did is I went to the washroom. I got on my knees right in the toilet, toilet stall where I used to spend a lot of time throwing up. I said, Lord, you delivered me. You're in charge. I surrender. You're in charge. The time I came out, there were people coming in and there was people that were just walking back and forth and saw the sign and they came in. And that at, at that night, there was 20, a little over 20 people that actually came. And one person was from church, all the other people were from the community. So that's uh, uh, the beauty of it. So we put on the program, and at the end of the program, I organize it so we actually have fun activities. Okay? So that's, as we're talking about creating new pathways in the brain and not just focusing on quitting, it's about uh, creating new pathways in the brain by doing new activities that the brain likes. So we organized playing some horseshoes. And the gentleman with the white hat at the end is Pastor Don Corkum, who used to be the president of the uh, Wisconsin Conference. He's the one that told me about the Living Free program. He came out and was very supportive of the program. So we played. Also, we had a picnic. Okay? And there's one guy in the picture here. He's my neighbor. He came, and we still talk. He, uh, uh, it was a beautiful experience. There's another guy. I won't point him out, but he actually was the paramedic. And at the end of the program, and I've known him for a while, but I said at the end of the program, I said anybody would like to share what they have learned through this experience. And one lady shared about her shopping addiction, and she got to the place now where she was just able to bring it to the counter and take it back. And another guy that was a paramedic, he stood up and he said, I've never read the Bible before. And he said, from, the, from take, come into the program, since coming to the program, I haven't smoked any pot. You know, and in Canada, I know they're pretty liberal and they're legalizing it now. We're going to have a lot of problems in the country. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an optimistic, but I just know it's what's going to happen. So anyway, those are some of the stories.
And it was a really blessing because I'm still in contact with a lot of the people. Um, this picture here was uh, Marius and myself. He's the guy that had the Bible bag. If you remember the guy that had the Bible bag? Well, after putting on the program, I've, a few of these pictures are, aren't quite in order, but this is at the Alberta camp meeting in the resource tent. What I did is I had the booth all set up showing and I gave an information on the Living Free program and the other programs through Lifestyle Matters. And people would come by the booth and we'd talk. It was a real blessing to be there doing that. This, I'm moving along quickly to get this through. This, I, this lady in the middle, Jolene, and the other gentleman, Ben, he has passed away now. But when I had the booth set up there, he brought this young girl to the camp meeting and I could see just by looking at her that she was on meth and she was in really bad shape and she was just sweating, just sweating and walking and pacing. And we got talking and so what he did is we went behind this big curtain and the three of us just talked. This gentleman, Ben, he wrote a book, The Miracle, uh, the miracle of God, uh, God's, God's Miracles in Ben's Life, something like that, just amazing stories. And uh, anyway, we we're sitting behind there and we got talking. I was listening to her and uh, I asked her if she'd ever accept the Lord in her life. And she said, no. And I said, would you like to? And she said, no. And I said, well, would you be willing to have if we had prayer? And she goes, that's OK. So we had prayer and we left it. I didn't push it, but she came by the booth a few times. OK, then about I think it was about a half a year later. This Ben took her in off the streets to help her. I went to that old trailer. Oh, it was an old trailer. Not a fancy place, but an old trailer. And uh, so I stopped in to see them. I spent time with them. We're just sitting around talking. And I said to her, I gave her part of my testimony. And I said, would you like to have peace and freedom in your life? And she looked at me and she said, yes. And I said, would you like to pray with me and surrender and give that, give, the, give all your burdens to the Lord? And she said, yes. And the three of us got on our knees right in that trailer and had prayer and she surrendered to the Lord. Amen. Beautiful story. A thing happened not too long after that. Ben, uh, ben got really ill. And what happened is that he says that he called, he called, and called, and she come into the room, and he said that he, she had a prayer over him that was so powerful, probably one of the most powerful prayers he's ever had in his life prayed over him. So it's an amazing story. Now here it is, we're up north. Um, two families sponsored me to take time off uh, from what I was doing to go up to northern Alberta for eight weeks to go there and just work the community, introduce the program to them. Uh, there's no churches in the area, no Adventist churches in the area. So what we did is, and there's that Marius standing with that suit on. That's that Marius guy again, the Bible bag man. And uh, so we went up there and I spent time up there. I spent a, a week, approximately a week, just going around seeing people. And I went to the RCMP, we'd have prayer, right? Here we went, to, that, uh, to the towns and we'd walk around and we'd have prayer. And this place is one of the towns, Fort Assiniboine. We went and we had prayer. We had pr Remember this building, see that building in the back? Okay, 
I'm going to tell you a story about that, but it's very interesting. We were out here and we were standing here and we were having prayer for the program, dedicating the town to the Lord. And I, what happened is I would go, I, I'd go and see the RCMP, the, the, the police in the area. I'd introduce myself. I'd give them those little flyers that I had. I'd go to the churches. Okay, I'd pray and I'd go to the churches and talk to the pastors and let them know who I am and what is happening in town. I went to the family social services. I talked to them and I told them what was happening. And the amazing thing happened. I left in the morning and I was driving and within an hour I got two phone calls. The, the one lady, the wife of one of the guys here, was telling me eight different people had signed up for the program from the community within that short period of time. So that's the Lord doing the work. It wasn't us, you know, it was the Lord doing the work. And it was just amazing. So remember that building in the back. What happened, I'm gonna, I'll go back to it. I'm going to go to this slide so I make sure I have enough time. Here's a little Mick, the little boy. He was uh, the son of the guy. The, he's the one that's claimed my Bible bag. He said, when you die, I want your Bible bag. That's him. Okay. And you see what he is doing? I got the youth involved also in helping out with the program. Before we start the program, and this was in the school where we held it, so I held it in a school and also in a community center. Actually, we were supposed to pay for the, the building in the community center, and the social services got in, talk, in touch with us and says, no, what you're doing, we're going to cover all the costs. We didn't ask them. They volunteered to cover all the costs. Now, what we did is in the school, when they had it in the school building, there's a little, little Hannah, so before we started the Living Free program, it's all about creating new pathways, right? So she would come and she would play and sing a few songs. And it was just beautiful. Um, very interesting people that came out. Um, don't have time to tell those stories, but I got to tell this story is my <laughs> friend Jerry. Oh, yeah. The characters that you meet. I went to this a men's group and, uh, while I was up there. And... I saw this guy, there's a group of men there, and uh, I said, uh, introduce, he happens, his name happened to be Jerry, and we were walking around. I said, let's go have a talk. And he said, okay, so we walked in and we went to one of these old uh, rooms in this facility. He was sharing me around because he was a carpenter. He was really a unique character. I said, Jerry, I said, when did you accept the Lord in your life? He said, 1996, when I was in maximum security for first degree murder. He says, I was ready to kill myself. If I could have found a way to kill myself, I would have done it. And he said, the chaplain gave him the Bible and asked him to read Psalms 53. And he said, that day he surrendered to God and his life changed. He was actually an instrument in that prison. And it's a whole long story. He, hardly anybody knew anything about him in that community for a long time because it wasn't where this happened. But when I shared my story with him, he says, I need to share my story. Will you help me? So what we did, I said, for sure. I said, we can do that. So here he is with a bunch of men telling his story 
about if you don't deal with anger, what can happen? You can kill a person like that. And there's consequences. So he told a very powerful story. So here's the interesting thing, is that through Jerry, through this guy, he found out I was Adventist. He started going to an Adventist church. He went and brought a pastor and he went up to an Adventist church and introduced the pastor from that area and said, hey, we'd like to get connected somehow. And do you know what happened? A group started in that building that was behind us in that picture, and it's a legion where they drink. And that's where a church started. Then what happened is that group actually start paying for an Adventist pastor to come down to that community. Okay, the Adventist pastor won't take the money and they said that the guy who was leading goes, no, they got to learn how to pay. So the pastor said, well, I'll give you the check rate back. So that's what he'd do. They'd give him money, he'd turn around and give it back to him. And so anyway, what happened, but that's how that whole thing started. And a little group started there from different denominations, but they'd have an Adventist pastor come down and preach to them. Here's the uh, uh, part of a group that was there, the, the one beside Mary's, the guy with the glasses there. He, I went to the Baptist church and I introduced myself. I told him what I was doing in the community. And he says, well, great. You know, he's just a good, humble guy, this guy. And he says, I'm, myself and my wife were recovering addicts. And so we'd like to hear what you're doing. So I went, I went to the service. And um, we spent time, uh, time there. And then what he did is he took that flyer in front of the church and he says, we have Bible studies Monday night. But he says, this program is happening Monday night. He didn't say we're going to stop, but he said, this program's helping uh, Monday night if you'd like to go to it. The humble guy, he drives a bulldozer for work because a small church, he's not getting money. So this is his love, right? So what he does, that's what he does. And what happened is after the first couple sessions, he said to the church on the Sunday, he says, now we're going to stop our Bible studies Monday night, and I'm going over there Monday night. <laughs> and so he had to have members come from his church to the program. So that's how it all unfolded. It was just beautiful. I'll tell you more about that. But uh, So after that program, here we are. We're having, we're having fun, so we do bowling. Okay, at the end of the program, we interact, we have some fun together. Now, this picture, you might recognize that person on the TV. Well, the pastor from that little church said to me, well, his wife was pregnant. Well, she, they just had a little baby, and she couldn't come to the program. He says, will you come to our house and have supper and go through this program with my wife in our home? Imagine that, right? I said, sure. So we had supper, two two dishes there, and I thank God, and I had the food. And there, what we did is we sat there, and we went through the program together. It was just amazing. This next picture is um, uh, uh, an amazing story. The, uh, the newspaper in that area, I also got in touch with the editor of the newspaper in that area, told him what we're going to be doing. So he wrote a, 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 an awesome article about you know, how the Lord delivered me, and also, he says, in a big, bold lettering, 
addiction Bible program coming, living free to Barhead and Swan Hills, you know, and it's just, he just, it was amazing what he did, right? And, and so anyway, this lady here, she actually gave a call. And it's, it was wintertime, we we're putting it on. She says, I'd like to go to the program, but I don't like driving those winter roads. Is there any way I can buy the book from you? And I said, better than that, why don't, would you like to meet? And she said, yes. So using wisdom, that's very important. I did not go by myself. Okay, so I took the elder of the church in that area that actually was in one of these pictures and we went to her house and we talked with her. And uh, so what we did for at her house is, so what I do is I put the program on Monday night in one town, Wednesday night in the other town. So before I put the program on Wednesday night, him and I would go to her house and we'd do the program in her home. For her, then we'd drive about another close to 45 minutes or so, then we'd set up and we'd do the program in, a, in the other town. And it was a real blessing. And through it, we'd be talking and she never accepted the Lord in her life. And a couple times when we talked about if she ever accepted the Lord and she goes, no, and she said that she wasn't ready and I said, that's okay. Then the last day before I was leaving, I was on my way and I was so inspired to give her a call. I, give, I gave her a call and I talked with her. And I thanked her for all the time that we spent together and the blessings. And I said to her, would you like to have prayer? And would you like to accept the Lord and to get some peace in your life? So I always share, would you like to have peace in your life? And she said, yes. And we knelt right in her steps of her house, right in her steps of her house. And we had prayer together and she surrendered to the Lord. And I was telling her about a book, Health and Happiness. Or not Health and Happiness, I mean Steps to Christ. This is the native version. We have one in Canada, the native version of Steps to Christ. And uh, she says, but I'd really like to have it. And I said, if I had two books, it would be the Bible and Steps to Christ, because that's what I'd carry with me. I didn't have an extra copy. But what I did is I had the copy, my copy, that's all marked up. And you see the little, little, white, uh, the little markers on it page markers. I said, would you like to have this? And she said, yes. So I gave her my copy that was all marked up and she started reading it. And actually she came to church in Calgary. So there's many blessings there. So the amazing thing I'd like to share with this is that the opportunities that unfold when we're actually put it in God's hands. And there's a way of doing it one-on-one. -on -one. There, 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 what I have found very important, that I need to be flexible. And that again, you never know who you're gonna meet. You know, I have stories from up in that area, up, in, up north, uh, when working with it, uh, with the people. There's one guy that was in the, in the picture there. I, I backtrack, I got a couple minutes here. What I do when I'm in that community, I go sit in the coffee shops. I'd go there, visit, read the newspaper, pray, 
to see if someone's going. I'd go walk around the town because if I had my spare time in the daytime, I'd go walk around. And one time it was real, real deep snow like this, and I saw a guy, a native guy, and his, his side of his head was just swollen out like this. And uh, I said, what's the matter? And he goes, oh, I got a problem here, and, and uh, I, I need to get to the hospital. And I said, okay, I'll take you to the hospital. I took him to the hospital, and they knew him there, and I sat with him. We talked for a while. Then I told him where I was staying, and I said, you're welcome to come by. Do you know what? He came by. He would come, and he would meet with me. The amazing thing is, one of the guys in that picture that I showed of the group with the, pasta, uh, with the Baptist church, with those guys, was his brother. And they, him and his wife were coming to the program. And he would come. When I left that town that day up north, I was in my vehicle. The last person I saw walking down the road was that guy. And we stopped and we had talk. And then I always like to open the door for prayer in those situations. And we don't know where they, these people are, but I'd just like to take a minute. I've made contact with uh, this other, the lady today, but we don't know. And my prayer is, is that wherever these people are in their walk, wherever they are, that Jesus touches their heart. And the Holy Spirit opens the door, okay, so they can experience peace. And the one thing I'm going to share here, they we're just about finished here, I think our time's up now, but a couple minutes, is that there's a number of different things that we go through in life. I was debating about sharing this or not, but I was inspired this morning too. I prayed about it. One of the things that I dealt with in my life was pornography. And when I, I tried to get victory over that, and there is no way you know, and it wasn't till, two, uh, till 2009 on that rooftop when I surrendered to the Lord and I said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. An amazing thing that was shown to me was Jesus's intimacy. Because people who were dealing with that issue, and it's very huge, huge in the churches, with pastors and with congregations, with youth, is intimacy issues. And that was an issue that I had that led to a lot of the problems that I had was intimacy. And when I experienced the intimacy of Christ and filled my heart, from that day, by the grace of God and me exercising my freedom choice and also watching where I go with the computers and all this stuff, watching where I go, never have gone back to that since 2009. So it can happen sometimes like that, but also he gave me that, but he also showed me steps. And one of the things that was a real blessing when I was putting on the Living Free program and looking through the material, there's very good material on that, a chapter on that. So that has helped me through it. A lot of that information in the book has helped me in my walk and my growth as I go through it. And, it's, and I wanted to share that. And if, you know, this is what I like to say. As we're brothers and sisters in Christ, 
first and foremost, right? And if you have a husband or wife, because women deal with it too, in other ways, but they deal with it. Sometimes the guys won't talk about it. You know, the wife says, tell me everything that's going through your mind and tell me I want to know and all. You, you know how it goes, right, sometimes? Then soon as a guy might say it, how could you be? Okay, so what happens? The guy doesn't want to talk. Doesn't want to talk and goes into isolation. But if we can remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ first, and you just happen to be married to your partner, but you're still brothers and sisters in Christ. So if they're dealing with these issues, even though sometimes it can be like this, and can, it can make you feel self-esteem, whatever the situation may be, pray to God to show you that even your husband or your wife is first a brother and sister in Christ, married second. And what will happen then, amazing things will happen to, you know, between the communication and that. And there's, there's a lot of work to be done. I know it's harmful in situations, in all situations it is. But I just thought, I, you know, I needed to share that. Because it's, 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 people are reluctant to talk about it. But when there's isolation, you know, so I can say that it is important. And, and that uh, watch the triggers. Watch those hot spots wherever anybody goes. I don't know how, how the youth deal with it today, man, you know. It's, it's, you know. So I have certain things blocked for me, you know, and I watch. I watch what I do. I pray to God. And when I do see a female, I say, Lord, can I see her through your eyes? And something amazing happens. Something amazing happens. God, Christ, will show you something. And for a woman, when she sees that male, can I see this guy through your eyes, dear Lord? And something amazing and special happens. And I just want to say thank you. May God bless you. And uh, tomorrow, we'll see you again. If there's any question, anybody wants to talk after, and um, feel free. And yesterday, it was really good because we had some good conversations. God bless. Amen. Can we say amen? Thank you. Amen. amen. Lord. So, so, Jerry, thank you so much for sharing. I remember years ago, um, I had no idea I told you to go to Canada and do this. No, you said you are. You are. I said who, and you said I you. Do, I don't remember any of this. I do. <laughs> Let me see your microphone for a sec. So, um, I'm so grateful. I really believe that God had me put these materials together for Jerry. Um, I don't know how to do this. I'm learning from Jerry. I've learned some things today, how to do this. So what did, I want to hear from you. We have a couple minutes left. What did you learn today from this, from this? What did you learn about ministry, about people, about relationships, about reaching out? What did you learn? Caring. Pardon me? Caring. 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 Non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. And then um, how to be involved more in the community. How to get out in the community, yeah. Jesus passed by no human being as unworthy. Sometimes we're too busy. We don't even know what's going on around us. 
We don't look at people's faces when we're shopping and make eye contact. We want people to change quickly because it's irritating if they're needy. Huh? And it interferes with our schedules. Huh? So being able to be interrupted, putting God's agenda first. What else did you learn today? I learned a couple things, yes. Um, to reach people where they're at. Yes. And to be, allow yourself to be used of the Lord for that moment of time when you have that connection with that person. Yes, <clears throat> a moment in time. You have a moment to be Christ's healing presence in someone's life. You may not be able to connect that person with all the dots, but you don't have to. The, Paul said one sows, the other plants, the other reaps, the other cultivates, and many will trace their first contact to a, just a piece of literature, a kind look, just one, because the impulse, uh, uh, we're told in inspired writings that when the impulse to bless others flows constantly from our hearts, we will be ready for heaven because heaven is within us. Wow, I'm just too to busy. It. Yes, yes, this lady back here. And one there. Okay, yes, what'd you learn? That made me think is when Jerry mentioned that there was no church in the area, uh -huh. sometimes you go through communities, whether it's here or overseas, and you think, oh, these ambulance churches are so scattered. How yeah. they, well, there you go. Well, there you go. You just start, and he's not disconnected from the body of believers. That's a really important thing. He's not disconnected. He's a part of the body. Um, and, and the thing that, <laughs> I am not a naturally fun person, okay, so he's mixing fun in with these things, and it's a, that's like out of my radar, it's like, let, let, let's just study, um, but he gets into the fun thing, so I think that's really nice. Yes. Two people. Yes. I, I really was inspired how you pray. Yes. And how you talk to God about it, and the power of God to give you uh, ability to, to reach people in love and compassion. Yes. It's, it's really wonderful. Compassion and prayer. We were going through the tent the other day, and, and there were a couple of Glock kids, really clean-cut, nice kids, doing nice things. And he just said, wow, you guys are amazing. Can I, can I just pray for your lives? And they were, oh, sure. <laughs> what a wonderful impression that left on their hearts. Somebody else had their hand up right here. Yes. The importance of listening. Uh-huh. Listening. Yeah. He's a good listener. Yes. Isn't oh. that, I went to Florida to take a class to learn how to do this. I paid a bunch of money, and I still don't know how to do it. Yes. What did you learn? What did I, I learn? You said you learned a couple things. Yeah. Me? Well, to be present, to be available, to have fun with people, uh, to not be so intense every second. But to have my literature ready, that seed ready, but it's God's timing. Okay, that's what I learned. What'd you learn? What'd you learn? What they all said. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. One thing that I, I learned and am learning is that I don't have to have my life all Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Your house doesn't have to be together. You don't have to be flawless. You just have to be open and willing and available. I called Jerry one time because this darling little girl was going to get baptized, real shy. Mom is a mess, you know, just a cute girl. And I wanted to be, reach out to her, so I said, well, why don't you invite your little friends over for after the baptism for a, a little meal? And I was expecting two or three. Well, she invited 30 people. 
<laughs> I called Jerry. I said, I don't, I don't know how to entertain like this. This is not me. He said, just tell people where stuff is. They'll feel at home. <laughs> Let's have closing prayer. Mr. Torres is here, Pastor Torres. So he's going to have an amazing class after this. I want to thank you, Sherry, uh, Jerry, for, for sharing from your heart. I've dealt with women that have deep pornography issues, young girls. It's everywhere. Hey, let's dress ladies to keep from defiling the minds of others. Amen. Yes. Let's, let's just yes. be cautious of that ourselves. Amen. Purity is what it's all about. Father in heaven, thank you for Jerry's testimony. Thank you for Evelyn. Thank you that I could share from my heart. And thank you most of all for everybody here. They're here because they love you and they want to learn to love you better, reach out and be available to people. Help us to have our, our hearts ready, our lives ready, our purpose ready, our materials ready, our time ready, and most of all, to be led by your spirit that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, that you may empower us for the latter reign. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.